dear. It's raining outside. I didn't realise that it had started to rain. Timmy! Timmy! Where are you, Timmy? Tim! Where are you? You were told to come in a few minutes ago. Are you out there in the rain? What do you think you're doing? You're being disobedient. Come on in. Timmy, where are you? Don't let me have to call you again. You're making me very cross. Here I am. What do you mean, here I am? Where are you? Here, in the cupboard. Underneath the stairs. I've been here all the time. What have you been doing underneath there all this time? I thought you were outside playing. No, Mum. I've been under the stairs all this time. Come out from under there. It's dusty. How did you manage to get under there? Well, Grandpa took some things out from there that he'd kept hidden for a long time. And he said that there was enough space for me to go underneath and play. He's making a play area for me because there's not enough room anywhere else apart from in the garden. You and your grandpa, honestly, look at you. Just look at you. You're all dusty. I'll have to have a word with your grandpa when he comes. Go and get washed up for supper. It's nearly supper time now. And it looks as though the rain's about to stop as well. Okay, I'm going to get washed. And make sure you wash your hands properly. They're very, very dirty. Hmm. Okay, mum. I'll do that. And with that, off he trotted. The little boy. So full of energy. So full of confidence for one so young. He went off to wash his hands. And then his mother shouted out, Remember to wash your face. That's a little bit grubby too. Nobody wants to sit around the dining table looking at a boy who has a grubby face. So wash your face also. A little while later, Timmy appeared back down the stairs. His mum looked at him to make sure that he really had washed his face and washed his hands. She inspected his hands. And she said, okay, you'll do. Sit down. So he sat at the table on his bolster seat, waiting for the adults to appear. They waited and waited. After a little while, he said, mummy. His mum said, yes. I'm hungry. Can I just have a little, little, tiny little snack? Before Gramps and Grandma come, 
No. Do we have to wait for them? And do we have to wait for anybody else to come? Timmy, I'm teaching you about patience. Just be patient a little while longer. They'll be here. They'll be here. Just wait. So they sat for another five minutes or so with Timmy twiddling and fidgeting with the knives and the forks and so on. And his mother said, Timmy, stop. Leave the cutlery alone. So he left. He stopped fiddling about. And after a few more minutes, he started again. Timmy, stop it. At that precise moment, Gramps came in with a big smile on his red face. And behind him came this little lady, Grandma, carrying her knitting bag. And you could see that she had been busy knitting as usual. They sat at the table and then they held hands after a few minutes and said grace together. They all looked towards the one seat around the table that was not occupied. No one said a word. They all just momentarily became sad. They said their grace and they prayed for him and then they got on with their meal. Timmy looked at each face that was around the table and he wondered what he could do to make that heaviness that had suddenly come into the room go. So then he started telling them about his new friend at school. I made a new friend at school. His name's Bobby. And his grandpa said, really? Bobby? Bobby who? Um, 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 I am not really sure what his last name is. I just know that his name's Bobby. And Bobby has black curly hair. And I've ran my hands through his hair. And he's got like a frizzy woolly kind of hair, mommy. The adults laughed. They realized immediately that Bobby was a little black boy. So your new friend, what color is he? Um, I don't know. But he's a lot darker than me. Again, they laughed at the innocence of childhood. So he's, Gramps said to him, that's okay. It's nice to make friends with different colored uh, uh, friends. So make different colored friends your friends, okay? They, as they ate, Bobby began to relate what had happened in school that day. He said, we did some crayoning, then we did some writing, and the teacher was going to choose a class monitor, and I really wanted to be the class monitor, but I knew that I wouldn't be able to, to do the job. 
Because everybody always says, Timmy cannot do that. Timmy's not going to be able to do that. So his mum said, but you should have put your hand up and offered and asked, you know, let the, everybody know that you were interested in the job. And he said, no, I didn't think that they'd pick me. They only pick the popular children, the ones who are the teacher's pets. So his granny said, where did you hear that from? Oh, I heard some of the bigger boys in the corridor speaking about teacher's pets, and I'm not a teacher's pet. So there was no way I was going to get the, the position. The adults looked at one another again and smiled at the wisdom of this child. He knew his limitations. He knew even at that tender age that even if he put his hand up, he was not going to be the one selected to be a class monitor, to do anything for the others. So he kept quiet. And they continued, everybody continued in silence with their meal. All you could hear was the scraping of knives and forks against the plates. After supper, Grandma said to Tom, Timmy, would you like to come and sit with me and watch me knit? And he looked at her and he said, no. And then he started to walk around the room listlessly. Then his grandpa said, Timmy, would you like to come and sit with me? And look at the chess game. He looked at his grandpa, busy at the chessboard, playing by himself, and he said, No, no thank you, Gramps. So his grandpa said, Okay. It, at times like these, it's so difficult to be an only child. After a while, after Mummy had did all the washing up and put the things away. She called out to him, Tommy! So he went to her. She said, look what I've got for you. In the, she opened up a drawer and she pulled out a brand new colouring book. He was so excited. It was his favourite favorite picture on the front and he looked and he looked it was all about wild animals he loved wild animals that piqued his interest straight away he said can I draw can I draw his mum said to him yes let's set a place here at the table for you you can sit down and do some coloring some penciling for a few minutes before bedtime, then you must have your bath and go to bed. He became so excited. He went and he sat at the table and began to colour to his heart's content while the adults all quietly chatted amongst themselves. They had received news that morning about Timmy's dad. 
Timmy's dad had been lost. And now for many months there had been no news about him, but now there was news through the war office that um, he had been injured and he'd been unable to communicate with anybody because he was in a hospital. But they were going to bring him home at some point. They didn't want Timmy to overhear their conversation or to know what was going on in case he became upset. So they had a discussion amongst themselves and then finished. Mummy then said, Timmy, it's bedtime now. Can you put your book away and your collars and tidy up where you're at? He said, can I show you what I've done? So she said, most certainly, come on. So he showed them all the colouring that he had done, the things that he'd pasted. And they all admired it and said, okay, let's go. Put the book away now. You can do some more tomorrow. Mummy took him upstairs. She set the bath for him. He climbed into the bath while Mummy went to sort out his bed and to do bits and pieces around the house. He played in the bath for a few minutes, washed his hair. He was now big enough to be able to wash his hair by himself and to wash be even behind his ears. After a little while, he got out of the bath and his mummy helped him to dry himself and to put his pyjamas on and to climb into bed. She said to him, she asked, which story would you like to have me read to you tonight? And he said, mummy. She said, yes. Please, would you mind if grandpa reads to me tonight? And his mummy said, no. Most certainly. So she went and got her father, who came and sat down, and in his heavy, guttural voice, read a bedtime story to Tim, not from the books, but from his war days, when he was in the war. Before long, Timmy was fast asleep. Grandpa turned off the main lights and left the night light on. He softly kissed his grandson on the forehead, said a prayer over him and then left. In the morning, Timmy was up bright and early, ready for a new day. They were going to have an adventure today. Mummy had promised that after school, they would go for a ride on the bus. The big yellow bus that was in town. He loved going on the big yellow bus. So he was really looking forward to that. And as it was a Friday, they wouldn't have to rush home. Grandma and Grandpa were going to go and meet some friends. So nobody needed to be concerned about supper tonight because they were going to eat out. Mummy was going to give Timmy a treat. They were going to 
that special little cake shop that Tom, uh, Timmy loved to go to so much. Hallelujah. So after school, they went for a ride on the bus, on the big yellow bus. There were some other friends on the bus, on the same bus. Timmy recognized them and they said, Hi, Timmy. So the children started chattering and chattering together, making so much noise, while the parents just looked at one another and smiled and chatted quietly. And it seemed as though they were all going. They all the children liked the same cake shop. So after their ride on the bus, as a special treat, they all headed off to the cake shop. They were going to have scones. Scones with cream and jam. And mummy said as a special treat, Timmy could have some of her clotted cream on his scone. Whoa. Now they have the whole weekend to look forward to. So he was making sure that he was going to enjoy every single moment of his time together with his mum. Secretly, he was afraid that she might disappear. Just like his daddy had gone one day, Daddy had gone out through the door and said, be back soon, but hadn't been back for a very long time. So Timmy carried this little fear in his heart that if he didn't stay close to mummy, that she too would go out and not return. And then he'd be left with just grandpa and grandma. And he didn't want that to happen. So any time that he could spend with his mum, he tried to grab hold of it. But, except for the times when he asked for his grandpa to read to him, because he just loved hearing grandpa's war stories and all the things that he did in those days. So Timmy said to himself, one day when I grow up, I'm going to go to the war. I'm going to join the army and go all around the different places that Grandpa's been to. When he mentioned that to his mum, she just smiled. And she looked at him and she said, like father, like son. Like father, like son, like grandfather. And she just nodded her head. End of this story. Come back next time to hear further adventures of Timmy and his family. Now, as we sign up from this podcast, make sure that you're good. Be good boys and girls for your parents. Do as you're told. And help mummy whichever way that you can. Remember when you're told to brush your teeth, don't just go to the bathroom and pretend that you have brushed your teeth. Wash your faces. Do whatever mummy and daddy tell you to do. And be good little boys and girls, okay? Until next time, I'm saying bye.
There's a sound. There's a sound. A sound in the distance. What is that sound? What is it? the sound of clapping somebody clapping their hands I wonder why one little curious pair of eyes looked out the window looking to see where the clap clapping was coming from. She turned to the right and she turned to the left, but was not able to see who was clapping or why they were clapping. She went back and sat down on her little cushion and she had continued to play with her Raggedy Ann doll. Many other children had lots of other toys that were much better than hers. Hers was a Raggedy Ann doll that had been handed down to her, left behind after her childhood days by an older cousin. She sat and played with that doll onto which she was called by her aunt. You know, she was interested by the fact that she wasn't even called by her name, just referred to always as, where is that girl? She was shouted at to come down. Where are you? Come down now. She placed her Raggedy Ann doll ever so carefully away. She really, really treasured that doll. She'd never, ever had another one before. And auntie said, you must be grateful that you even have a doll to play with. Many children are out there on the streets with nothing. So you better be careful and you better be thankful to God that you have that little raggedy and doll to play with. In a little while, as she sat at the table across from the adults, that was another thing. She was always seated on one side and they always sat on the other side. She didn't understand, but a time would come when she would understand. After supper, she was told to go and help with the washing up. She was handed a tea towel, which she took and her as much and as quickly as her little hands could 
dry the tea towel, dry with the tea towel. This is what she did. She was trying to make them sound that sound that the other people make. It's squeaky, 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 but she could not. She didn't have the strength to dry those plates until they became really squeaky dry. She enjoyed the, the action anyway. After she was finished, she knew that it was time to go upstairs. There was no television for her to watch, no children's cartoons or anything. Would you believe that even in this day and age, there are many, many children out there who are not allowed to watch television, who cannot even afford to have televisions or to watch televisions. There, there was one thing that she was given, and that was an old Bakelite radio that sat beside her little bed. She was told that she could listen to whatever she wanted to. Amanda loved music. So she, as soon as she was able to get to her bedroom, she'd sit on her narrow bed and she'd turn on the radio. She loved classical music for one so young. You know, when you looked at her, she looked small for her nine years. But there wasn't much else that could be done about it. She really wasn't fed that much. She ate enough for a scarecrow. But Auntie had said to her, you must be grateful. So Amanda was grateful for everything. Amanda would pray at night. She would pray in the morning. This is what she had been taught by her grandparents who were no longer able to look after her. So after her parents had passed away through an accident, Amanda had gone to live with her grandparents. But after a good few years, they were not, no longer able to look after her and they'd asked their daughter, her mother's elder sister, if she would mind looking after her little niece. Her auntie only agreed on one proviso that she was paid to look after somebody else's brat. She had never ever gotten on with her sister. Her youngest sister was 10 years younger than her. And when the youngest sister had been born, all attention had been turned to her. And that hurt had never ever left Linda's heart. The fact that from the moment her younger sibling had arrived, she was no longer the apple of mommy and daddy's eyes. Even when she'd grown up, married, had children of her own, that bitterness against her younger sister was still there. Her younger sister, gone to uni, met her husband, they married, and they had a child. But unfortunately, 
On the way home from an exhibition one day, their car was involved in a wreck, leaving the poor child an orphan. The, gra the grandparents took her in and they raised her as best as they could, but because they were elderly, they had to have Linda's help. Arrangements were made and Linda was made the sole guardian of this precious little one. And it meant that everything that had belonged to the parents as her guardian, she was in charge. She became the trustee of it, all the things that were pertaining to Amanda. Linda was so resentful of the fact that her parents had even even though they had died such an untimely death that they should have left an inheritance for their daughter at all, that even at their young ages, they were able to accumulate what they had within that short time. So she took her niece in and she began to use the money that had been put into trust for Amanda. By the way that the child was dressed and by the way the things that she was given where she was deprived of things like toys and so on, you would think that the money belonged to Linda. But the little girl, the little orphan girl didn't know this. She was just such a, she was quiet but also happy and content within herself. She did whatever she was told to do. One day, she was sitting by the window and she heard a voice reading out something. And she strained and craned her little ears to, to hear what was being read out. And this is what the, her neighbor was reading out loud. And Amanda was thinking, why is she shouting as she's reading? It out, you know, out so loudly. What is she saying? And then she went a little bit closer to the window, ledge to here. And this is what the neighbor was reading out. And Amanda was thinking, why is she speaking about children? And her neighbor was reading this from Matthew 8, 19, from verse 13. And it said, then children were brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the Talmudim rebuked the people bringing them. However, Talmudim, you know, were the disciples. However, Yeshua said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Then after laying his hands on them, he went on his way. And Amanda was thinking to herself, suffer the little children to come unto me. Who is this Jesus? I know that I pray and I know that mommy and daddy used to say, but who is this? I'd like to know who this Jesus is. I'd like this Jesus to come and lay his hands on me. He said, suffer. What does the word suffer mean? Do I have to go through pain? in order for Jesus to come and lay his hands on me? 
Is it really that painful? And why is the neighbor, the next door neighbor, reading out so loudly for everybody to hear? Perhaps she'll be able to tell me a little bit more. If only I could get to be a little closer to her, I would love to hear what she has to say. Maybe I'll ask Auntie Linda, or perhaps when I'm allowed out again into the garden, I'll be able to speak to the next door neighbor. A time came when Amanda was allowed out. It wasn't raining, it wasn't dark, it was a bright sunny day. And her neighbor came out to hang up her washing in the garden. And as she was putting the things out on the line, Amanda said to her ever so shyly, Ma'am, may I ask you a question, please? Her neighbor looked at her lovingly and she said, Yes, you may, child. What do you want to know? Amanda gathered all the little courage within her and she said, Why were you reading out of that big book that you had in your hand so loudly a few days ago? And will you tell me about Jesus, a bit more about Jesus? I heard about him before, but not very much. Do you think you could tell me about Jesus? And what did you mean by suffer the little children to come unto me? Does it mean that you have to go through pain before you can get to Jesus. Can you tell me? The neighbor looked at her and smiled ever so kindly. And she said, wait a minute, child, just wait there a minute. She went indoors and brought out her deck chair and sat right by the fence where Amanda could see her and hear her. And she began to explain, you know, little child, children, Jesus loved children. Jesus is the son of God. Have you heard about God? And the little one nodded her head, yes. And she said, well, Jesus loved the little children. And there was a, a day where he was in the town. And his disciples, you know, do you know where they were? And the little one shook her head, no. And Jesus said, okay, to the, to the little children, because there are all these people who are coming around where he was, they, you know, wherever Jesus went, because he was the son of God and because he was God, everybody was drawn to him. Everybody wanted to be near to him and as the neighbor the neighbor was speaking Amanda's ears she was coming closer and closer to lean against the fence and her neighbor said so because of that when all his disciples disciples what are disciples and her, the neighbor said to her, disciples are people who follow you. You know, say, for instance, if you, you know you've heard about kings. And Amanda shook her head, yes. 
Well, kings have servants, don't they? They have people waiting on them. Well, Jesus had these men who followed him. There were women also who used to help to take care of his needs while he was teaching. There was one who used to carry the money, any money that they gathered. You know, you've seen people begging on the streets when they were given money for food. There was one who carried, who looked after the money bag. There were others whose wives used to cook. There were, you know, that everybody had a specific, specific job that they did. And Amanda shook her little head as understanding was dawning. And she said, well, anyway, those were the disciples. Everywhere they went, Jesus was teaching them. Jesus was training them to know about the things of God. Because Jesus told them that a time would come when he would no longer be with them. He would have to leave them and they would have to carry on with the job that he was doing. And what was the job? Laying hands on the little children, laying hands on the others who were sick, bringing, you know, those who are sick, making them well again. Do you understand? And Amanda shook her head. And she said to a man, do you know why he did that? And Amanda shook her head from side to side. No. And the woman said, because of love, because Jesus loved us so much. He came down to our earth many, many years ago, much, much older than yourself. He came down because he saw all the bad things that were going on on this earth. We were pe the people doing naughty, naughty things. And that, that was making God's heart hurt. And he was going to destroy. Have you heard about Noah? Yes, ma'am. She said, okay, remember the flood came and all the people were swept away? Yes, ma'am. So she said, well, Jesus didn't want that to happen again because God had created us, you know, in the way that God looks. So that's why they made a decision, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? Who's the Father? That's a teaching for another day, Amanda. But let me just say that Jesus came down to this earth to take away all the sins, all the bad things that we as humans have done so that we would not be destroyed by God. Do you understand? Yes. So that's why when the disciples, he was saying to the disciples, you know, were saying, trying to get the little children away from Jesus when he was trying to lay hands on them. They were concerned about Jesus, that Jesus was too tired, that he needed to rest. But Jesus, you know, didn't want to rest because he wanted, he loved the children and he wanted the little children to come around him. Amanda said, do you mean little children like me, the ones without mummies and daddies? Oh, yes. Even the ones without mummies and daddies, Amanda. Not just those with mummies and daddies, but also 
the little children who have no mummies and daddies. You mean like me? Yes, Amanda. Just like you. Jesus loves the little ones who have no mummies and daddies, especially ones like you. And because there are no mummies and daddies to look after them, Jesus loves you even more. He loves everybody, but he's watching out for you, Amanda, especially because you're special. You are very, very special to Jesus. And although you don't have your mommy and your daddy with you, Jesus has taken that place. He wants to take that place in your life. What do you do? Oh, I pray at night because I was taught how to pray to say my prayers at night. Now I lay me down to sleep and the neighbor said, yes. And Amanda went through her prayer. And then she said, and when I wake up in the morning, I thank God for waking me up to a brand new day. The neighbor lady said, carry on doing that, Amanda. Keep on praying. Keep on asking Jesus to fill you with more of himself. More of himself? What do you mean? The neighbor said to her, you know, she was a concerned. She didn't want to overwhelm the little one. She said, every day when you say, Jesus, make me more like you. Give me love in my heart for you and for other people. Oh, sure. Jesus will place love in his heart, in that little heart. And then she took a finger and poked it through the fence and, and touched Amanda's heart. She said, right there, Jesus is going to do something in that heart of yours. And you'll find that you'll love everybody. And Amanda said, you mean even the people who hurt me? You know, there are some people who really hurt me and they say nasty things about me. The neighbor lady said, Amanda, when that happens, what do you do? She said, I cry and I try to forget about it. So the neighbor said to her, don't try to hide it, forgive them. Don't keep it in your heart because when we keep bad things in our hearts, it affects us, it can make you sick. Make you sick, yes. It can make you become really sick in your heart. And it just makes everything around you so dull and dark. So when somebody hurts you, forgive them. What do you mean, forgive them? Well, Jesus tells us to forgive everybody. To forgive somebody means that even if they do bad things to you, don't hold it against them. Just say, I forgive you. And even if they're not in the wrong and you're in the wrong, just apologize anyway. Say, I'm sorry. You know, Amanda, sorry is a very, very powerful word. In the same way that I love you is a powerful word. So 
whenever things happen to you, speak to Jesus. When you go into your room by yourself, you say, Jesus, help me today. Jesus, help me with my homework. By this time, her aunt had become really curious to know why her niece was so quiet. She looked out of the window and saw her speaking to the neighbor. And she called, Amanda, come in now. Amanda jumped up. And the neighbor said, shouted out after her, Hi, Amanda. Be a good girl, Amanda. And Amanda raced into the house to her aunt. Her auntie said to her really sternly, What were you speaking about? What was that neighbor woman saying to you? And Amanda said, Nothing. And she said, Don't you dare lie to me. What was she telling you? Was she spilling some of her stories to you about the Bible? And Amanda said, no, ma'am. She was just speaking to me about. She said, I know what she was speaking to you about. You don't have to mention that name. I have no time for that name. And I don't want you to go bothering the neighbor woman any longer. When you go out in the garden, you stay on your side of the fence. You understand. Don't go to the fence. Stay in the middle and play. Do you understand me? Amanda sadly shook her head and said, yes, auntie. As she walked away, she began to think to herself, is this what the neighbor lady meant? That when somebody's harsh or hard with me, that I should just say, Jesus, I forgive. I'm going to do that now for Auntie Linda. Because what she has just said has hurt me. So Jesus, I forgive my Auntie Linda. I don't think she understood what she was saying. And as time went by, Amanda got to know more and more about Jesus. She got to understand more about adults and how to love her Auntie Linda, even though she knew that her Auntie Linda didn't love her. She knew she came to understand that her Auntie Linda was spending the money that had been set aside for her college. But she also knew that there was a friend, there was a father called Jesus who was watching out over her and that Auntie Linda would not be able to spend all that money that had been left aside for her. She knew that if her parents had been alive, things would have been different. But as it was, they were dead. So... She learned to adapt with the love of Jesus. She gave herself over to love instead of being bitter about the things that had happened to her. From time to time, her grandparents would look in. And when they did, she was always happy to see them. But she, was, she grew up, she was growing up 
to be a strong young girl in the Lord. Amen. We're going to stop there. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Amanda. There'll be more in the future. I'd like you to comment and to send me your feedback. Okay, look for me. All right. Blessings. There's a sound, there's a sound, a sound in the distance. What is that sound? What is it? sound of clapping somebody clapping their hands I wonder why one little curious pair of eyes looked out the window looking to see where the clap clapping was coming from. She turned to the right and she turned to the left, but was not able to see who was clapping or why they were clapping. She went back and sat down on her little cushion and she continued to play with her Raggedy Ann doll. Many other children had lots of other toys that were much better than hers. Hers was a Raggedy Ann doll that had been handed down to her, left behind after her childhood days by an older cousin. She sat and played with that doll until she was called by her aunt, 
you know, she was interested by the fact that she wasn't even called by her name. Just referred to always as, where is that girl? She was shouted at to come down. Where are you? Come down now. She placed her Raggedy Ann doll ever so carefully away. She really, really treasured that doll. She'd never, ever had another one before. And auntie said, you must be grateful that you even have a doll to play with. Many children are out there on the streets with nothing. So you better be careful and you better be thankful to God that you have that little Raggedy Ann doll to play with. In a little while, as she sat at the table across from the adults, that was another thing. She was always seated on one side and they always sat on the other side. She didn't understand, but a time would come when she would understand. After supper, she was told to go and help with the washing up. She was handed a tea towel, which she took and her as much and as quickly as her little hands could dry the tea towel, dry with the tea towel. This is what she did. She was trying to make them sound, that sound that the other people make. It's squeaky, 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 but she could not. She didn't have the strength to dry those plates until they became really squeaky dry. She enjoyed the, the action anyway. After she was finished, she knew that it was time to go upstairs. There was no television for her to watch, no children's cartoons or anything. Would you believe that even in this day and age, there are many, many children out there who are not allowed to watch television? who cannot even afford to have televisions or to watch televisions. There, there was one thing that she was given, and that was an old Bakelite radio that sat beside her little bed. She was told that she could listen to whatever she wanted to. Amanda loved music. So she, as soon as she was able to get to her bedroom, she'd sit on her narrow bed and she'd turn on the radio. She loved classical music for one so young. You know, when you looked at her, she looked small for her nine years, but there wasn't much else that could be done about it. She really wasn't fed that much. She ate enough for a scarecrow. 
But auntie had said to her, you must be grateful. So Amanda was grateful for everything. Amanda would pray at night. She would pray in the morning. This is what she had been taught by her grandparents who were no longer able to look after her. So after her parents had passed away through an accident, Amanda had gone to live with her grandparents. But after a good few years, they were not, no longer able to look after her and they'd asked their daughter, her mother's elder sister, if she would mind looking after her little niece. Her auntie only agreed on one proviso that she was paid to look after somebody else's brat. She had never ever gotten on with her sister. Her youngest sister was 10 years younger than her. And when the youngest sister had been born, all attention had been turned to her. And that hurt had never ever left Linda's heart. The fact that from the moment her younger sibling had arrived, she was no longer the apple of mummy and daddy's eyes. Even when she'd grown up, married, had children of her own, that bitterness against her younger sister was still there. Her younger sister gone to uni, met her husband, they married, and they had a child, but unfortunately, on the way home from an exhibition one day, their car was involved in a wreck, leaving the poor child an orphan. The, gra the grandparents took her in and they raised her as best as they could, but because they were elderly, they had to have Linda's help. Arrangements were made and Linda was made the sole guardian of this precious little one. And it meant that everything that had belonged to the parents as her guardian, she was in charge. She became the trustee of it, all the things that were pertaining to Amanda. Linda was so resentful of the fact that her parents had even, even though they had died such an untimely death that they should have left an inheritance for their daughter at all, that even at their young ages, they were able to accumulate what they had within that short time. So she took her niece in and she began to use the money that had been put into trust for Amanda. By the way that the child was dressed and by the way the things that she was given, where she was deprived of things like toys and so on, you would think that the money belonged to Linda. But the little girl, the little orphan girl didn't know this. She was just such a, she was quiet but also happy and content within herself. She did whatever she was told to do. One day, she was sitting by the window and she heard a voice reading out something. 
and she strained and craned her little ears to, to hear what was being read out. And this is what the her neighbor was reading out loud. And Amanda was thinking, why is she shouting as she's reading? It you know, out so loudly. What is she saying? And then she went a little bit closer to the window ledge to hear. And this is what the neighbor was reading out. And Amanda was thinking, why is she speaking about children? And her neighbor was reading this from Matthew 8, 19, from verse 13. And it said, then children were brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the Talmudim rebuked the people bringing them. However, Talmudim, you know, were the disciples. However, Yeshua said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Then after laying his hands on them, he went on his way. And Amanda was thinking to herself, suffer the little children to come unto me. Who is this Jesus? I know that I pray and I know that mommy and daddy used to say, but who is this? I'd like to know who this Jesus is. I'd like this Jesus to come and lay his hands on me. He said, suffer. What does the word suffer mean? Do I have to go through pain in order for Jesus to come and lay his hands on me? Is it really that painful? And why is the neighbor, the next door neighbor, reading out so loudly for everybody to hear? Perhaps she'll be able to tell me a little bit more. If only I could get to be a little closer to her, I would love to hear what she has to say. Maybe I'll ask Auntie Linda, or perhaps when I'm allowed out again into the garden, I'll be able to speak to the next door neighbor. A time came when Amanda was allowed out. It wasn't raining, it wasn't dark, it was a bright sunny day. And her neighbor came out to hang up her washing in the garden. And as she was putting the things out on the line, Amanda said to her ever so shyly, Ma'am, may I ask you a question, please? Her neighbor looked at her lovingly and she said, Yes, you may, child. What do you want to know? Amanda gathered all the little courage within her and she said, why were you reading out of that big book that you had in your hands so loudly a few days ago? And would you tell me about Jesus, a bit more about Jesus? I heard about him before, but not very much. Do you think you could tell me about Jesus? And what did you mean by suffer the little children to come unto me? Does it mean that you have to go through pain before you can get to Jesus? Can you tell me? The neighbor looked at her and smiled ever so kindly. And she said, 
Wait a minute, child, just wait there a minute. She went indoors and brought out her deck chair and sat right by the fence where Amanda could see her and hear her. And she began to explain, you know, little child, children, Jesus loved children. Jesus is the son of God. Have you heard about God? And the little one nodded her head, yes. And she said, well, Jesus loved the little children. And there was a, a day where he was in the town. And his disciples, you know, do you know where they were? And the little one shook her head, no. And Jesus said, okay, to the to the little children, because there are all these people who are coming around where he was, they, you know, wherever Jesus went, because it was the son of God and because he was God, everybody was drawn to him. Everybody wanted to be near to him. And as the neighbor, the neighbor was speaking, Amanda's ears, she was coming closer and closer to lean against the fence. And her neighbor said so because of that. When are his disciples? Disciples? What are disciples? And her, the neighbor said to her, disciples are people who follow you. You know, say for instance, if you, you know you've heard about kings. And Amanda shook her head, yes. Well, kings have servants, don't they? They have people waiting on them. Well, Jesus had these Men who followed him, there were women also, who used to help to take care of his needs. While he was teaching, there was one who used to carry the money, any money that they gathered. You know, you've seen people begging on the streets. When they were given money for food, there was one who carried, who looked after the money bag. There were others whose wives used to cook. There were, you know, the... Everybody had a specific, specific job that they did. And Amanda shook her little head as understanding was dawning. And she said, well, anyway, those were the disciples. Everywhere they went, Jesus was teaching them. Jesus was training them to know about the things of God. Because Jesus told them that a time would come when he would no longer be with them. He would have to leave them and they would have to carry on with the job that he was doing. And what was the job? Laying hands on the little children, laying hands on the others who were sick, bringing, you know, those who are sick, making them well again. Do you understand? And Amanda shook her head and she said to Amanda, do you know why he did that? And Amanda shook her head from side to side. No. And the woman said, because of love, because Jesus loved us so much. He came down to our earth many, many years ago, much, much older than yourself. He came down because he saw all the bad things that were going on on this earth. We were the people doing naughty, naughty things. And that, that was making God's heart hurt. 
and he was going to destroy. Have you heard about Noah? Yes, ma'am. She said, okay, remember the flood came and all the people were swept away? Yes, ma'am. So she said, well, Jesus didn't want that to happen again because God had created us, you know, in the way that God looks. So that's why they made a decision, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? Who's the Father? That's a teaching for another day, Amanda. But let me just say that Jesus came down to this earth to take away all the sins, all the bad things that we as humans have done so that we would not be destroyed by God. Do you understand? Yes. So that's why when the disciples, he was saying to the disciples, you know, were saying, trying to get the little children away from Jesus when he was trying to lay hands on them. They were concerned about Jesus, that Jesus was too tired, that he needed to rest. But Jesus, you know, didn't want to rest because he wanted, he loved the children and he wanted the little children to come around him. Amanda said, do you mean little children like me, the ones without mummies and daddies? Oh, yes. Even the ones without mummies and daddies, Amanda. Not just those with mummies and daddies, but also the little children who have no mummies and daddies. You mean like me? Yes, Amanda. Just like you. Jesus loves the little ones who have no mummies and daddies, especially ones like you. And because there are no mummies and daddies to look after them, Jesus loves you even more. He loves everybody, but he's watching out for you, Amanda, especially because you're special. You are very, very special to Jesus. And although you don't have your mommy and your daddy with you, Jesus has taken that place. He wants to take that place in your life. What do you do? Oh, I pray at night because I was taught how to pray to say my prayers at night. Now I lay me down to sleep and the neighbor said, yes. And Amanda went through her prayer. And then she said, and when I wake up in the morning, I thank God for waking me up to a brand new day. The neighbor lady said, carry on doing that, Amanda. Keep on praying. Keep on asking Jesus to fill you with more of himself. More of himself? What do you mean? The neighbor said to her, you know, she was a concerned. She didn't want to overwhelm the little one. She said, every day when you say, Jesus, make me more like you. Give me love in my heart for you and for other people. Oh, sure. Jesus will place love in his heart, in that little heart. And then she took a finger and poked it through the fence and, and touched Amanda's heart. She said, right there, 
Jesus is going to do something in that heart of yours. And you'll find that you'll love everybody. And Amanda said, you mean even the people who hurt me? You know, there's some people who really hurt me. And they say nasty things about me. The neighbor lady said, Amanda, when that happens, what do you do? She said, I cry and I try to forget about it. So the neighbor said to her, don't try to hide it, forgive them. Don't keep it in your heart because when we keep bad things in our hearts, it affects us, it can make you sick. Make you sick, yes. It can make you become really sick in your heart. And it just makes everything around you so dull and dark. So when somebody hurts you, forgive them. What do you mean, forgive them? Well, Jesus tells us to forgive everybody. To forgive somebody means that even if they do bad things to you, don't hold it against them. Just say, I forgive you. And even if they're not in the wrong and you're in the wrong, just apologize anyway, say, I'm sorry. You know, Amanda, sorry is a very, very powerful word. In the same way that I love you is a powerful word. So whenever things happen to you, speak to Jesus. When you go into your room by yourself, you say, Jesus, help me today. Jesus, help me with my homework. By this time, her aunt had become really curious to know why her niece was so quiet. She looked out of the window and saw her speaking to the neighbor. And she called, Amanda, come in now. Amanda jumped up and the neighbor said, shouted out after her, Hi, Amanda. Be a good girl, Amanda. And Amanda raced into the house to her aunt. Her auntie said to her really sternly, what were you speaking about? What was that neighbor woman saying to you? And Amanda said, nothing. And she said, don't you dare lie to me. What was she telling you? Was she spilling some of her stories to you about the Bible? And Amanda said, no, ma'am. She was just speaking to me about she said, I know what she was speaking to you about. You don't have to mention that name. I have no time for that name. And I don't want you to go bothering the neighbor woman any longer. When you go out in the garden, you stay on your side of the fence. You understand. Don't go to the fence. Stay in the middle and play. Do you understand me? Amanda sadly shook her head and said, yes, auntie. As she walked away, she began to think to herself, is this what the neighbor lady meant? That when somebody's harsh or hard with me, that I should just say, Jesus, 
I forgive. I'm going to do that now for Auntie Linda because what she has just said has hurt me. So Jesus, I forgive my Auntie Linda. I don't think she understood what she was saying. And as time went by, Amanda got to know more and more about Jesus. She got to understand more about adults and how to love her Auntie Linda, even though she knew that her Auntie Linda didn't love her. She knew, she came to understand that her Auntie Linda was spending the money that had been set aside for her college. But she also knew that there was a friend, there was a father called Jesus who was watching out over her and that Auntie Linda would not be able to spend all that money that had been left aside for her. She knew that if her parents had been alive, things would have been different. But as it was, they were dead. So she learned to adapt with the love of Jesus. She gave herself over to love instead of being bitter about the things that had happened to her. From time to time, her grandparents would look in. And when they did, she was always happy to see them. But she, was, she grew up, she was growing up to be a strong young girl in the Lord. Amen. We're going to stop there. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about Amanda. There'll be more in the future. I'd like you to comment and to send me your feedback. Okay, look for me. All right. Blessings.